Hello, welcome to The Fast Track. It's the regular podcast about life at LNER. Now, on this edition, we're going to focus on digital innovations, both on trains and on the platforms, and also a thing called single-leg pricing. That means you'll be offered a price per single journey, which will lead to some big savings. It's also designed to cut back on the number of different fares on offer to simplify the process of booking a journey with LNER. To be at the forefront, to be able to test this, to do it successfully, and then be able to roll it out is really great for us at LNER, but it also provides a really good sort of baseline, if you like, for the rest of industry to follow suit and simplify fares for everyone everywhere. And we also find out about the trial of special accessible departure boards at Doncaster Station. We've actually put screens up which actually convert the messages which are given over the the customer innovation screens and the customer announcements into sign language. Hello and welcome on board this LNER Azuma to Doncaster and York. I guess nothing has changed the railway so much in the time between the LNER of the 20s and 30s and the LNER of today than the innovations that modern digital technology and communications has allowed. From transforming journeys, from being able to order food direct to your seat using a QR code, to finding great value tickets using LNER's Deal Finder. LNER is pioneering when it comes to innovation and transforming rail travel for customers. Time to meet Mark Moby, Head of Digital Delivery and Interim Chief Digital Innovation Officer, to tell us all about it. Well, digital or the approach to digital has been around for a number of years, but certainly from an LNER perspective, about four years ago, it was decided that it was becoming such a big thing that it needed to be separated out into its own entity. Um, So that's when the Digital Innovation Department was actually created. Um, with its focus is very much around empowering individuals through the use of technology and that is not just the customer but also the employee. And, and what do you actually mean by digital then? What does it encompass? Is it just about the phone that I'm recording you on now? Uh, no, it's uh, it covers a whole wide gamut of things in terms of uh, what we actually do. So it could be everything from originally buying a ticket either on a website, on a, uh, on a mobile application, it could be on a ticket vendor machine within a station, customer information screens which are uh, at the stations and it includes uh, all of our onboard services so for example the Wi-Fi, Let's See to Your Seat which is a groundbreaking application uh, which enables people to order their food rather than going to the cafe bar they can order it and it gets uh, delivered directly to their seat. This has been a real huge win for the organisation in terms of not just the customer experience but also actually building on our revenue recovery because what we've actually actually found anecdotally is that people are spending more by being able to actually have it delivered to their seat than they would if they actually walked to the cafe bar. Now the ability to buy a train ticket and also store it on your phone that is one of the big changes isn't it that we've seen over the last few years. Absolutely it's the move away from the paper-based ticket to an e-ticket but it's also giving our customers the flexibility to be able to move their ticket, move their seat reservation, uh, make a bike reservation if they so wish, to be able to do a change of journey if their circumstance change and they need to change travel of day uh, and things like that. So the app itself which is industry uh, award winning, it's five star rated on on the app store which is absolutely fantastic for where we are within the the, the rail industry but it really gives 
our customers everything that they need at their fingertips. How complicated was developing that? It's taken a number of years for us to get to where we're at, and there's still plenty more that we can go go for. Um, Certainly one of the recent things which we brought into our app, which is really interesting, is about geolocation. And what that enables us to do is where a customer has arrived to the station earlier, the app can actually detect that they've arrived at the station and actually say, there's actually an earlier train. Would you like to change to that one? And conversely, if they're late, we can actually then give them details of the later trains that that are available. So So that's running on the app now, as we speak? Yes, it is. So really cutting-edge type ways of working and, and, and things. But really, it's all, as I said, it's all about that customer experience and driving those behaviours. I know a lot of people listening to this saw that their ears will have perked up and go, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I would assume you need notifications switched on, do you, for that? Well, it's within our app, so yes, yeah. there would be a level of notification that needs yeah. to be turned on, but with all the live journey information that we, we produce, which is there coming off all, all the industry systems to enable everyone to have real-time information, I think it's really, really great to be able to do things like the geolocation, people being able to do change of journey seamlessly and, and by themselves without having to go to a ticket office or go to a uh, contact centre to make those changes. You've got Deal Finder as well. Yes. How does that work? So that's a brand new thing that's, that's come out recently. So this is where we're targeting people people if they're wanting to go to a certain uh, venue or go on a short break or a holiday it's actually looking for the best deals for them so as an example if they want to go to Edinburgh for a weekend it can look and search uh, depending on dates for the best time of day that they could travel the cheapest one that they want to go on we talked a little bit about let's eat at your seat that is very revolutionary isn't it but I would imagine it, it involves a lot of information passing through sometimes dodgy Wi-Fi connections and things like that, you know, as you go through a tunnel. Yes, it does obviously rely on Wi-Fi, uh, which is there, but obviously there's been a lot of work done by the company in terms of enhancing our onboard capability within that and also the ability of our our, uh, units uh, that people use to actually uh, work off SIM cards rather than direct uh, off the Wi-Fi. So again, we're looking at ways to mitigate the problems of potentials with Wi-Fi. But is it a complex thing? Absolutely it is, because it is all about understanding not just what somebody wants to order, but have we actually got the stock that's available to to uh, enable that order to happen and it's actually again let's see you see actually came out of our first incarnation of future labs which is our innovation incubator program but a real example of how something that was a complete proof of concept uh, it was an idea in somebody's mind that then we worked through we did a 12-week development program with a partner organization to build the concept and from that concept over the next two years spawned uh, uh, an application which is now widely used across our, our network of trains and it's been a real winner for us. So that's our incubator programme, yeah. so that's where we work with a number of uh, more boutique sort of suppliers but um, and they could be across the world as well and basically we bring them in on a yearly basis to do a 12-week accelerator programme to look to solve problems. Uh, they could be environmental problems, they could be customer-related problems, they could be at station and things like that. So a real wide mix of things that could be looked at 
how that has grown over recent years has been absolutely fantastic. So in our first year, as I said, Let's Eat at Your Seat came through as a, an item we definitely that we took through. Our second incarnation, we have our door-to-door app, uh, which went through to productionization, and that's just hitting live as, as we speak. And of the, the last year's incarnation, of the seven participants, all seven ideas are actually being taken through to the next stage, which just shows how much it's developing and growing as, as we go forward. A lot of people listening will be quite interested about actually talking about Wi-Fi. How, how does it actually get to the train? So obviously you've got your general uh, networks, but also there is a number of things which are going on with, within our network itself to erect uh, additional Wi-Fi poles. As another example, within the tunnels at King's Cross, as you go into King's Cross, there is always an issue with Wi-Fi dropping in and out as you're going through the tunnels, as you can imagine. So there's quite an extensive piece of work going on at the moment to put Wi-Fi through those tunnels, again, really really exciting, cutting-edge uh, abilities to move forward. And that goes hand-in-hand with investment in digital displays and uh, digital information stations, doesn't it? At Doncaster Station, we've actually run two different trials. One was to have dynamic signposting. These are screens which are on the platform, which then indicate as a train comes in, which carriage is at which position. So it enables people to understand by looking at their ticket and understanding what carriage and what seat they should be in, that they can position themselves on the station at the right time. So that reduces dwell time, it, it increases customer confidence that where they're stood, they're able to get onto their train at the right time. But what we've also done at Doncaster, supporting the British Sign Language Organisation, where we've actually put screens up, which actually convert the messages which are given over the the customer information screens and the customer announcements into sign language so that people can actually then see that sign language video and understand what's going on and we're actually about to go into phase two of that as well so a really positive trial. It's very much a sign of the times but artificial intelligence is involved in your remit too tell me about that. So we have a what we call a machine learning lab um, within digital innovation and what that is is basically is using cutting-edge technology it's using uh, artificial intelligence to data mine and be able to delve into um, all the data that the the rail industry holds and certainly LNER holds to be able to then understand well what is it that's going on with that data how can we actually use that to benefit us as an example within that one of our proof of concepts which is going into productionization now is our catering ordering predictability machine learning lab and what that enables us to do is based on all the trends of the trains what was being ordered, what's been sold on each train, we can now predict what stock to put onto that train. Now that may sound like a really simple thing, but it's actually quite difficult to second guess what you should have on the train, making sure you've got the right uh, number of, say, bacon sandwiches compared with something else, and it really reduces waste. It makes make sure that it's right first time ordering as well. So again, a really positive uh, step forward in how to, how to use data to make proper decisions. Can you imagine explaining your job to the catering manager on LNER in 1932? <laughs> <laughs> that would be... What do you think? I think they'd go, wow. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, and I think that's where we come from, from a digital innovation perspective. It's about how do we improve that, that digital experience And as I said at the start, it's more than just the customer, it's our employees as well. How can we make their roles more effective, more efficient in what they're doing? How can we remove some of the manual stuff which they don't really need to do, enable them to really focus on the value add, uh, which certainly for our onboard staff, it is all about how we treat our customers. So if we remove some of the constraints which may be there on on the stock management, on 
on the systems, it means they've got more time to spend with our customers, which can only benefit us. One of the issues with the use of Wi-Fi, of course, is people trying to look at iPlayer, and massive use of bandwidth for that sort of thing. But you've got a solution for that as well. Absolutely. So we're currently running a trial on three trains, uh, which is our edge casting trial. And what the, this does, this actually caches down a number of the, the players to enable people to actually watch whatever programs they may want through that player. And it doesn't actually call down on the Wi-Fi to actually do that. We recently did a trial to watch some football over Amazon and Prime, trying to work at the moment with Channel 4, BBC, to, to actually uh, edge cast those players to enable, again, give customer experience as wide as possible in terms of the things that they can actually watch whilst they're on our services. Interestingly, you are involved in a project to uh, try and prevent the damage caused by striking deer. Deer strike prevention is a huge issue for for us, and it actually is a huge issue for the rail industry. Uh, This is where deers uh, and other animals are actually, as part of their their existence, are, are trying to traverse across the railways, getting struck by trains. We've been looking at some very innovative ideas for how we can potentially help stop deer from actually getting close enough to the line to cross. So rather than just erecting huge fences, or we're working with a company to actually put sense onto the outskirts of the tracks which we can then sense whether a deer is coming near and if it does it can emit a sound and a a sonic sound to enable to basically scare the 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 deer away from the point that they were looking to to traverse the tracks so it's a very humane way of just trying to move them yeah i mean it's incredibly difficult for you though because the deer are just following instinct aren't they And, and moving as they have done for probably hundreds and hundreds of years before the railways came again. So do you think in terms of diverting them? Uh, yes, that's basically the principle that we're looking to follow, is if we can show that we can demonstrate we can move them from a position by then actually uh, putting this across a wider area of the, the line, we're in a position where we can potentially move their migration point to a safer place to, like to cross. Like a bridge. Absolutely. A bridge, yeah, yeah or, or a tunnel, a, a small hill that might go over the top of the tunnel, just to make it safe for them to yeah. actually go, go across and traverse. Because again, it's all about how do we make this environmentally friendly. So stopping the deer isn't the whole thing. It's about can we get them to a safe place. And thanks very much to Mark Moby, Head of Digital Delivery and the Interim Chief at Digital Innovation Officer there, explaining some of the exciting things that are going on. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what single-leg pricing means to you. Now, there is a perception amongst many people travelling on trains that the fare structure is far too complicated and people can't quite understand why you can buy a return fare for sometimes just £1 more than a single fare. So, enter onto the stage single leg pricing. LNER is leading the way with fares reforms, making things much simpler for you to find the fare that best suits your journey. It's called single leg pricing. And to find out more about what that means, I've been talking to Paul Smith, Senior Programme Manager for Fairs, for an in-depth look at how things will change. But first of all, um, how did we get to this position where people do think that fairs are so complicated? In short, what's happened over the last few decades is that you know rail has, has grown quite rapidly. And, and during that time, it's it's tried to continue to make itself more attractive to customers. And I think what it's 
what we've done. We've added more products for customers, thinking that that's actually giving them more choice. So you might have started off in the good old days with just a walk-up fare that you might know as an anytime now. And then we thought, well, there's busy days and there's busier parts of the day and quieter parts of the day, so let's add a new off-peak product. And then we start to think, well, people are going in both directions, so let's do a return. You can see how this kind of proliferates, and you're basically talking about adding layers and layers onto what was originally a really simple fare structure. And I think what we see at LNER is that customers or potential customers for rail are now starting to get put off by this sort of like bewildering array of fares that are out there. And what we're trying to do now is almost kind of scale that back, not to how it was at the very beginning, but actually sort of revision that. Single leg has existed in the past, but it's always been this bizarre situation where you can find tickets that are X price and then X price plus one pound for a return. So single journeys have always appeared quite expensive, haven't they? Certainly when you're talking about sort of off-peak or super off-peak fares or indeed even any time, there's this sort of unusual situation that we found ourselves in where a single leg is just one pound less than the return. So then you sort of think, well, I might as well buy the return whether you need it or not. What we think we need to be doing really is starting to really quite drastically reduce the amount of choice uh, for customers, which in turn actually makes it more attractive for them uh, and, and easier for them to mix and match the right journeys. So we're looking to remove all return journeys, but that sort of single price that you just mentioned that was currently a pound less will actually come down and be about half the price of the outgoing return. And that's going to make it much, much easier for people to say, right, I want this type of ticket on my outbound journey, and then I want either the same or a different type of ticket coming back, depending on how much flexibility they need. Some of the perceived confusion has actually come about, hasn't it, because of the arrival of advanced tickets and all the different tiers of those. But interestingly, advanced tickets, not only have they provided some of the cheapest ways to travel, but they've also been based on single legs, haven't they? Just very inflexible. You have to stay on the train that you booked on. Advanced fares are absolutely, we would maintain, the best way to buy tickets on rail. If you buy in advance, you're getting the best value, but you're right, you are a little bit fixed to that service. And they have also always been available in each direction. So you are able to sort of select, right, this is where I'm going from and going to. This is roughly the time of day that I'm wanting to travel. What are my fare options? In most instances, particularly in leisure, people are pretty clear about what time they want to get to somewhere or what time they want to leave somewhere. And that's why advanced fares are great for us. We've been running a pilot now since January 2020 on three of our biggest floors between London and Leeds, London and Newcastle and London and Edinburgh. And it's been really well received. We conducted our own survey to just you know, make sure that uh, what we're saying is, you know, is, is right. I think we had uh, 60 to 65% of customers were in favour of us rolling this single leg pricing scheme out across the whole of the LNER network. People might be quite familiar with the sort of outbound journey that they're making. They might be travelling from Leeds to London in this example. They'll buy a fixed journey out. But because you know they don't exactly know what their plans are whilst they're in London, they'll buy a, f- a more flexible, say, off-peak ticket back, and they'll get a much better saving doing that than they would by buying an off-peak return, for example. Well, it also allows them, doesn't it, particularly on coming back, say, from a night out in London, to take advantage of the fact that there are so many more trains out of London now, aren't there? I mean, you've got a 9, a 10 and an 11 to York alone. Will single leg work across off-peak any time and first class then? Yes, yes. And yes, there's a simple answer Good. to that. So wherever you see an anytime fare, an off-peak fare or a super off-peak fare, 
when there's a return equivalent, that return disappears and the single and the single stays. Right. So when it's up and running, then that's the end of return fares on LNER. Then you that's just, it. Yeah. yeah, that's the end. Yeah, and that's where the rail industry is heading because everybody's watching, aren't they, to see what happens? And that's the bit that I'm really excited about, actually, because what we're able to do at LNR is really pioneer and innovate in this space. You know, we know that customers are put off rail due to fares, complexity, and complexity in general. They usually quote four things that's complexity, flexibility, value for money, and overcrowding. And these four pain points are all linked back to fares in one way or another. I think 80% or more uh, customers say they want to see change to fares in UK rail. And almost a third of customers as well who are making journeys on the East Coast mainline where we operate are actually put off taking the train because of these sort of, uh, these sort of complexities. So to be at the forefront, to be able to test this, to do it successfully and then be able to roll it out is really great for us at LNER, but it also provides a really good sort of baseline, if you like, for the rest of industry to follow suit and simplify fares for everyone everywhere. And thank you, Paul Smith, Senior Programme Manager for Fares, for explaining what single leg pricing will mean for you. Well, it's been fascinating taking a look at all that. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of our podcast. We'll be back soon with more. 